When I talk to property investors, they often tell me using debt is a key advantage over other asset classes. In the stock market, using debt is often called gearing. The new BetaShares Wealth Builder Funds, ASX ticker symbols G200 and GHHF, offer moderate gearing across Australian and global shares for investors who are comfortable with the higher risks associated with gearing their investments. You can discover how they work by visiting betashares.com.au. Please don't forget that gearing magnifies gains and losses, so read the relevant PDS and TMD on the website and consider if the fund is right for you. BetaShares Capital Limited is the issuer. Is there a Spotify wrapped for investing? If you want to invest in shares or ETFs, our friends at Perla are more than one step ahead of the curve. On average, people who use Perla invest $1,750 every month. That's what we want to see, proper dollar cost averaging. With automated investing tools making your life simple, Perla investors have well and truly mastered the art of investing small bits lots of times. So if you're ready to start growing your net worth in 2024, follow the link in your Spotify or Apple podcast player right now to discover how you can get started today. Welcome to the Australian Finance Podcast. I'm Kate Campbell. And I'm Owen Rask. And we're here to give you the tools and knowledge to invest both your time and money better. If you're new, feel free to jump in with our Starter Pack series that aired in early 2022 or our Shares or ETF mini series. We've got plenty to share with you in today's episode, but if you want to catch us on socials, head to Rask Australia on Insta and Twitter. I'm also found at Kate Campbell AUS on Insta. And I'm Owen Rask AU on Insta. Just beware of the fake accounts. We'll never DM you about trading strategies or crypto. And if it sounds a bit weird, it's probably not us. And just one final heads up before we get into the show. This podcast contains general financial information only. Hello and welcome to the very first episode on the Australian Finance Podcast for 2024. I'm your host, Kate Campbell. And if you're new here, welcome. This episode is kicking off our summer series on the show, where we're going to give you some super actionable tips and tricks throughout the month to get your finances in fighting form for the year ahead. Stay tuned for episodes on savings hacks, career tips, income stocks, ETFs, and much more. Now, today I'm chatting to a beloved Australian economist and journalist, Jessica Irvin. She focuses on helping you strip away your negative money thoughts and teaches you the real meaning of money, how to get it, how to spend it, and how to save it. In this episode, we're diving into budgeting and goal setting and providing you with some super actionable strategies and tips to kickstart 2024 with a bang. Let's jump in. Jess, welcome onto the Australian Finance Podcast today. Thank you for having me. Happy New Year. Yes, it is very exciting. Happy New Year to everyone listening. And we're going to have a bit of a fun episode today because a lot of people kickstart January the 1st thinking about their goals and their resolutions for the year and what they can do to kickstart their finances. So we thought we'd talk a little bit about some tips and tricks to sort your goals and your budget and your finances for the year ahead, kickstarting our summer series. And just to start things off, Thinking about the last 12 months, a lot of people use this time as a period of reflection. How do you approach reflecting on the past year when it comes to your finances? Are there any ways that you think about things, review things, questions you ask yourself that we might be able to try to look at where we've been to help us think about the year ahead? 
Yeah, I love it. I'm I a big fan of like taking the new year as an opportunity to reset and reflect. And I think it's great to start with the reflect because that's where you get your information from about it's like you've collected your data points on your actual life. And so I have a, a whole elaborate processes that I do at the end of year. I keep journals like thought journals and I keep them for a year period. And then I destroy them because I get down all my um, true accurate thoughts that I want nobody to ever find <laughs> written down on paper. So I'm reviewing like what were the big events from the year and I will write myself like a list of what were my top 10, you know, best things that happened to me in the year just gone by and mm. you know i will get out my phone and look through all my photos because you forget the trips that you took and the things that you did the wins that you had um so i love going back and and finding that information of when was i truly happy in this last year wasn't that an amazing trip that's something i want in my future going forward and i also like to um, look back on my work achievements because that's a great little list to make for yourself i do my top 10 achievements at work and i look back on my work projects because um, in that end of year rush we're all just going to the finishing line and then you get a chance to breathe and you're like what did i deliver in 2023 um, that's such powerful information to have for your next performance review and to mention in the new year to your boss. So, yeah, I make those lists. I do my top 10 best things that happen, my top 10 work achievements, and then I also keep quite a meticulous track of my spending and my budget. So I will also create a list for myself of what were my top 10 purchases in the year gone by? What were, what were my, um, yeah, best things you know and people think I'm weird but I'm like sometimes it's my utility bill sometimes I'm like my electricity that was great I had lights you know <laughs> like or you know because people are always like oh it's my fancy expensive holiday and I'm mm. like no where where did I spend my money that was really of value to me you know like you know paying for my housing that was really important to me paying you know for all my food and, and so I look back on the year in spending as well and um that's that's something that i've done with my new book as well the money diary it's sort of a system for and uh, that i use that i actually can find in one place you know every dollar that i spent and i can reflect on that this sounds like it's almost a gratitude practice as well by actually going well yeah i spent a lot on housing and electricity but that actually gave me a roof over my head and kept me warm during the winter yeah, I mean, a lot of our spending, if, I'm, I'm a little bit, I'm a big fan of the Marie Kondo sort of what sparks joy for you. And when it comes to your budgeting, it's a bit hard because like, does your electricity bill spark joy? Probably not. But, you know, but if you think of it in a, a underlying sense, you know, these are the the things that we have to spend money on, they have a place in our budget. You know, we can resent them, but you know, that they're providing something for us and valuing, you know, you can actually get some joy out of those more mundane things. Maybe this is a bit of a stretch for people, but <laughs> um, yeah, being aware of what are those big rocks in your household budget and sort of knowing the place that they have you know, in your priorities. Um, yeah, I do like to, you know, I'm a values-based spender. I like to also mm. look at my values and, you know, providing shelter for my son, you know, that's a big priority, you know. And so every dollar has its has its place and, you know, it's, it's important to recognise that, I think. 
Do you use this process of reflection and looking through your photos and your calendar and your spending for the last 12 months to also see where you might not have spent that much time or money and you might want to spend more in the coming year as well? Yeah, I mean, I usually do sort of look at the photos of, oh, the bushwalk I did on that weekend and I took a million photos because I really enjoy that Um, and sort of thinking, well, that's something I want to layer into my, you know, my new life uh, for the year ahead. Um, Yeah, I think that's, I think that's really important. And, you know, it, it doesn't have to be the things that cost the most money, like the big expensive trip. Sometimes there's a lot of pressure on that because you're you've spent so much money on the line. You know, I, I I naturally have just I'm quite a minimalist type of person, and I just like finding pleasure in the the simple things. And that's another list that I make. Oh my gosh, I make so many lists. I I keep a running <laughs> pleasures list, <laughs> and like it's the things that bring me joy. Uh, and that's in the book too. But it's things like you know the the smell of freshly brewed coffee in the morning, or my coconut scented hair conditioner, <laughs> or like I I just love to find a reverie in the the, the small inexpensive things. Um, yeah, I, that's just something I personally like to gul- cultivate that sort of sense of gratitude for for the little things. Uh, uh- I'm with you on the list. I love making a lot of lists. I made one this year of low-cost happiness boosters. So if I need a little pick-me-up, I had a whole list of things that I really enjoyed that were didn't really cost much that would boost my happiness. So that was something that I could keep referring back to on my phone. And then if we're thinking ahead and we're looking forward to the next 12 months, we thought a little bit more broadly about what we might like the year to look like. But if we're thinking about how we manage our finances for the year ahead, where do you start? Do you start with setting some goals? Do you start with reviewing your budget? How, how should we think about the next 12 months? When it comes to starting out for the fresh new year, I think it really depends where people are at. So if you're someone who has had budgets in the past and you've experimented with goal setting and you're sort of fairly comfortable with that process and you've got a fairly good working knowledge of your money, I think you can start with just sort of what are my goals for the year, um, you know, with any surplus savings that I'm able to generate, where do I want to deploy that? So, you're, you're setting up your savings goals of, you know, I'm saving for the home deposit or I'm I'm shooting for, you know, boosting my retirement retirement savings by this much. I think that's um, can be, you know, a straightforward thing for people. Um, I think the, the issue is for someone who's, you know, more new to looking at their money and they don't sort of, they might have those longer term aspirations, but they don't have the process in place to know how to get there. So I always think about, yeah, your goals can be either outcomes based or process based. And you sort of you sort of need both working hand in hand. So for I think of budgeting as like a processed-based goal. So you you're setting a discipline for yourself that I want to engage with a process where I'm observing my money. So you know, and I actually preference starting people there. So, you know, budgeting or, you know, because you can, I mean, I used to make New Year's resolutions, which were like, I'm going to buy a house. I'm going to lose some weight. And, and I had no process in place. So mm-hmm. I think if people are coming at news and going, look, I've tried news resolutions and they failed, I, I my message for people is like, it, choose a process-based goal. So my goal is that, Every day this year, I want to track my spending. And that's literally, that's probably the, 
the goal or the resolution that has been most successful for me throughout the years because I made that um, commitment to myself about, it was about four or five years ago. I was like, I'm going to track every dollar I spend this year um, and just see how that goes. And it's really just observing where my money's going. Uh, it's not actually, you know, it involves, you know, sitting down once every week or so and sort of listing out my expenditure. But that's put me in such a good position that I now know, oh, well, that's my income, that's my expenses, that's my surplus. So of my rough, you know, surplus that I might generate this year, this is how much I want to put towards my different investing goals. Um, so I say it can be as, as small as saying I'm going to, this is the year I'm going to look at my money because so many people just avoid the topic altogether. Um, just saying this is the year I'm going to be more mindful of where my money is going and whether I love spreadsheets or I found an app that I love or I have a piece of paper and a pen, um, I'm going to start writing down when I spend money and then I can get those data entry points about what's my actual life, you know, what is the life that I'm actually living? Because before we get too caught up in I'm going to be this amazing new version of myself, um, I think it's probably better to get to know you as you are today. Um, and with money, it's such a taboo topic and people mm. don't want to look at it. I think just spending enough time not getting to know the new year, new you, just it's a new year, who are you? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I like that. Just, I like that. It doesn't have to be a new version of you. Um, and if you're trying to create a new, better financial version of you, it probably needs to be grounded in who you are today, what your financial commitments are, you know, what is the rent, what's the mortgage, what's the um, electricity bill, and just getting getting to know yourself first. Um, and so I've, I've I've always sort of found money to be it's more than just dollars and cents. It's it's sort of a self discovery journey, or like how you spend your money is how you're spending your life. It's your hours and minutes that you invested to get the income that you're spending and you know, if you're not saving some money, it's hours that you'll need to spend of your life in the future to, to keep working. So, yeah, for me, and I know it's the same for you um, with your book, it's sort of a more mind, you know, your money is sort of a lagging indicator of your life. It's, you know, it's the decisions that you're making every day um, are leading you to the financial outcomes that you're having. So that's my challenge to everyone is if you're like, you're getting to this point, and you're like, I want to do something on money. I don't know what the goal is. It, my my offering to people is if your New Year's resolution is just to track your money and if not for the whole year, then maybe for a month, just, just write down every time you spend money and then you'll soon start to see the patterns of where you may be going wrong or where you're, you're doing things where you're spending money that you actually enjoy. Because we so often get stuck on autopilot, I think that's a really powerful tool of actually writing it down every time you spend money because we can sort of become detached from our money and our spending when we're just tapping our cards automatically at the checkout on Amazon. I know this has happened to me in the past. And so you lose the the connection and you lose sort of the, the experience of spending money. So writing it down, it might sound a bit weird because I know we love technology these days, but the act of writing it down helps connect you with your money and your spending, which I think is a really good thing for everyone to give a go this year, even if it's just 30 days, the next 30 days, write down and track everything you spend. Yeah, and the Economist magazine had like an article on hand, the benefits of handwriting. We're sort of coming full circle. Um, and I've read studies that, you know, 
when they've done sort of surveys or studies with students and sort of testing their memory recall, you know, they use students of la as lab rats for sort of various behavioural studies, you know, uh, when students are forced to take notes by hand rather than putting it straight into some sort of digital system, they have a better recall of the information. So, you know, and another thing I used to love to do at uni is, is highlighting everything. So I've mm. brought that into my life as well. So I not only write down every dollar that I spend, but I categorise it with highlighters and like my discretionary category of lifestyle expenses, which is like eating out, you know, movie tickets, you know, purchasing toys or whatever it is, um, That that's all yellow. So I can just see in my um, spending diary, oh, we're getting a bit yellow this this um, month. I'm spending quite a lot on discretionary stuff and that's, you know, maybe where I can rein it in. So, yeah, I love that kind of tactile nature and people are like, Jess, get a spreadsheet. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I want to. I, enjoy, I actually enjoy writing it down because it's forcing you to reflect on how you've spent your money. Yeah, great one for people to try. And once we know where we are, we've got a sense of, where we've been over the past 12 months, where we are with our finances right now. And we want to think about where we're going over the next 12 months with our finances and our goals. How do you approach goal setting? Do you have a, a magic number of goals? Do you have any strategies that we can give a shot this year? I tend to think that one goal is better than no goal. So pe people do like to sort of have many individual goals. Um, I will choose one theme for the year. Um, whether it is um, paying down the mortgage faster or, you know, investing or deciding some proportional split between the two. I mean, I guess that's like setting an investment strategy for myself. So at the start of the year, I will sit down and I do attempt to write an annual budget. So I'll list out what my likely expenses are, you know, based on the knowledge that I've got from the past, um, going through, you know, my categories system, I'll estimate my income and I'll have some idea of what my sort of surplus funds are. And then that's my favourite bit is going, oh, I, I might be generating X many thousand um, dollars. How am I going to allocate that throughout the year? And I love to see, you know, well, okay, let's set the goal that I'm going to pay off X thousand dollars off the mortgage. And then I'll create a little a tracker for myself, a worksheet, and I'll break that down into chunks that I can measure throughout the year. So I like to have just one big, one big stretch goal for the year. That's realistic because it's based on my information mm. that I have about my, you know, finances. But yeah, I, I think, you know, other people might like to check in more regularly than that. But for me, you know, particularly when you're investing and, you know, markets are fluctuating, I like to know that, well, my investment strategy for this year is that I'm putting, you know, X percent of my surplus into the investments and X percent into paying off the debt. And so I, I don't have to worry about that for the year um that's yeah. you know and i can continue to invest my money and not sort of be in analysis paralysis every month as to changing where i what my strategies are a lot of us when we're new to finance we can end up setting a, a resolution that's something like i want to save money in 2024 or i want to get better with my finances or i want to buy a house and they're very broad goals and they often need to be broken down quite a bit to actually make some progress. How do you think about that? So someone's thinking right now, I just want to get better with money in 2024. 
how would you start to break that down into a more actionable series of goals? Yeah, well, if someone just wants, yeah, well, this tracking your spending is always my number one thing because I'm like, guys, guys, slow down, slow down. I know you want to do all the things and you want to learn the investing and you want to, you know, do do all that, but it's really got to start with that rock solid control of your cash flow. Um, and I think it's the step that everyone wants to skip because not everyone loves highlighting their expenses as much as I. And, you know, some people are in more precarious financial situations where, you know, it is understandably an emotion-laden topic because, you know, you're sailing um, close to the wind and, you know, with things as they are at the moment, there is a lot of financial pressure and stress on mm. people. So I'd just like to recognise that for this year in particular. Um, that finances are, are a tricky topic and a, a source of stress for a lot of people. So, yeah, I mean, I, again, yeah, just coming down to what are the small little steps that I can take? You know, I, I can start to track the spending. I can maybe commit to checking where my super is this year or I can, you know, I'm going to ring up the insurance company about my home insurance policy because I know I've just been auto-renewing that every year picking something small and actionable um like and if you've got bigger goals like one of my resolutions was buy a house <laughs> and then i ended up having to break that down into well what's the you know i've got to go to some inspections i've got to speak to a broker or go into a bank you know and it was just like i'm going to walk into four banks on the high street and ask them how much money they will lend me like breaking chunking it down and figuring out what is the smallest step I can take and then like recognizing that for the win that it is because every small step on the journey towards the bigger goal is the win you know we've got to overcome that whatever the first step is you know I'm going to read an article or listen to a podcast on how to invest in shares this year or I'm you know mm. uh, starting very very small people and that that is absolutely fine <laughs> Yeah, and figuring out what do you what do you need to achieve each month to work towards that goal. So if you wanted to save twelve hundred dollars this year, well, maybe that's saving a hundred dollars each month. And then how do you save that hundred dollars each month? And working through a process to do that. So yeah, I think just breaking down things as much as possible has really helped me in the past as well because it can seem overwhelming when you just set a big goal and you're not quite sure of the process to get there, can't you? Isn't it? Yeah. And I sort of, at a very deep level, we're all trying to solve the one financial goal. We've all got to earn or generate enough savings during our working life that we can support our consumption needs in the future. So economists talk about consumption smoothing. You know, we, what you can't take it with you. We're just trying to earn enough money to, you know, cover our present needs and wants and our future needs and wants. You know, so we, we all have that common goal. It's just a really long-term project <laughs> um, that we're all working on and we're, yeah. we're, you can get caught in the current moment. But any little bit you can do to be saving a bit extra, you know, sorting out what your housing is going to be in retirement, um, saving, you know, investing in assets that are going to protect you against inflation um, and protect the value of your money. You know, it all comes down to spending less than you earn today and investing it for the future. You know, personal finance is kind of, that's about the sum total of it, <laughs> spending less than you earn. Um, so, I, 
people like to sort of get complicated into, you know, investing and that's a topic that's worthy of exploration. But yes, people, that's what we all have to do is spend less than you earn and make sure you're doing that and you're saving a little bit for future you. That's really the one goal that we all are working on in our different ways. So yeah, anything we can do to be setting savings goals, looking at our spending, finding ways to boost our income where possible, it's all in that realm. That's, you know, if you're picking mm. a resolution that's something in that realm, um, good on you. That's that's what we need to do. Yeah, and a lot of us set some great goals in January and then by March or April we've gone off track already or forgotten about them or realised maybe they're a little bit too optimistic. How do we get back on track if we do feel that's happening or is there anything we can do right now to maybe stop that happening in the future? Yeah. I think just 100% accept that that's going to happen. <laughs> I yep. think that's part of the process. I think goal setting needs to be iterative and I think it needs to be a stretch goal. If it's something you're already doing, it's not a goal. So you're going to mm. shoot you need to find the sweet spot of shooting for something that's a little bit improved on where you are um, and knowing that you might fall short. So, you know, there's a stages of change model, which is sort of about um, it's a concept in psychology and it's about recognising that if you want to make a change in your life, there are various stages that you go through. Um, the first one is pre-contemplation where you haven't even contemplated that you've got a problem, you don't think you need to change. Then you might be in contemplation, which is very firmly where a lot of people are right now. You're going, I think something isn't working. I would like to make a change in my life. And then you can move into planning for what what is it that you want to do, which is also where we're at then taking the action and then built into the model is that we will relapse. We're, we're going to not suddenly change the habit overnight. Um, we might. You know, sometimes you can just go, I'm never going to do X again and and you never do. But, you know, choosing what is the X that you're never going to do again is part of the, the puzzle as well. And sometimes, yeah, the goal that you set for yourself isn't appropriate, but you're stressed, you're testing it, you go, I'm going to experiment with this goal and even if I don't land that one, I'm going to get some valuable information about whether that was the right goal. So I also have a monthly process where I'll, I'll pick five micro habits, whether it's like, you know, I'm going to not use my phone in bed is one or I'm going to do 10 squats every day. I'm going to do, you know, I did this crazy month where I was going to do one squat for every day of the date of the month. So like by day 23 of the month, I was doing 23 squats and push-ups. Anyway, that was a terrible idea. <laughs> that was the worst, you know, habit that I've thought of because like on day one I did one squat. It sounds creative. I was, yeah. <laughs> I love it, an experimental attitude towards it. So, mm. you know, give yourself a break. Think of one thing. The important thing is that you don't, you know, set the goal not achieve it and then conclude that you're just a terrible goal setter. You can never do anything. You know, maybe you had the wrong information. You know, maybe, you know, that wasn't the right goal for you. Pick a new one, try a new one. And another concept that helps is in psychology is this idea of a start date effect. So I think it is valuable to, to start fresh. You know, we fall off the train, whatever, but starting fresh, whether it's the first day of if you've missed January 1 already, start, you know, the first Monday, you know, 
there's studies that show that Monday is sort of the day when we all start a new behavior. Um, and I'm and like, yes, we we fall off by the end of the week, but we keep trying, <laughs> you know. So start from the first day of the month, start from the first day of the week. Um, I, and, and don't beat yourself up and think I'm failing at this because I am not sustaining the habit. I think life is a journey of figuring out what you want to do and with your life and how you're going to get there. And I think it's a great big experiment. And, you know, I do embrace goal setting and New Year's resolutions, but just like just know that, you know, it might not be the thing that changes your life forever and have a little a sense of forgiveness for yourself and permission to fall, permission to granted to fall off the wagon, just get back on it. No, maybe a different wagon. <laughs> <laughs> I love the word experimentation. I think it's a fantastic word for people to take into the year ahead, especially if you're new to sorting out your finances, because there's so many different ways you can achieve the same outcome of putting yourself in a better financial position. And that's why there's so much content out there. There's so many different investment options and savings accounts, and there's countless choices because there's a lot of different ways we can improve our financial futures. So if you think about it as one big experiment where something might not work, a goal might not work, but you can still try something different. It doesn't mean you shouldn't work on your finances altogether. So I think that's a really good word to take into the year ahead, Jess. Yeah, experiment. <laughs> you can cut back, you know, cut back spending one area and that's often the, I love doing like a no spend week or month on this thing if only because then I go oh no I really do value that thing so I'm like one of these people I cancel my streaming accounts every month I sign up and then I cancel again uh, straight away and then I'm like do I actually miss that and sometimes mm -hmm. I do resubscribe um, but yeah just experiment and break yourself out of your your ruts or your channels that you're in you're thinking I, I have to live my life this way you know putting yourself in a mindset of does it have to be that way could I do it a different way foregoing some things seeing if you miss them put them back in there's so many little micro levers we can pull in our budget to go I'm you know I'm, I'm gonna go to the park with a friend rather than going out for dinner and we'll see what that's like that could be your resolution for the year is we're going to swap dinners for park dates you know you can get creative I love it now just to wrap up today's conversation I'm wondering if you've got any great savings tips to share with us I know you're the queen of budgeting and saving and personal finance so if you've got anything to share with us for the year ahead when it comes to saving and boosting our cash flow my number one is always use energy made easy. I don't know if you've covered that one before, but the energy switching um, site, I switch my energy providers about once every year or even six months because the deals keep changing. And we have seen really steep price increases. If you haven't reviewed your bill last year, this is the year that you need to do it. Um, and then I think my overarching theme for this year is, is explore the secondhand economy. So, you know, we all, we want to have the new things, that's great. But another alternative is every time you go to buy something new, um, just question whether you can get that secondhand. So you, I am a, addicted to Facebook Marketplace. I love checking out Gumtree, you know, and even like last year I bought my phone handset secondhand, reconditioned electronics. Um, 
are a thing. And, you know, I think we need to be uh, conscious consumers. And, you know, I, I like the idea of recycling resources and just questioning that impulse to buy everything new in the store. And I think it can also be a great saving strategy for people. So, yes, before think before you buy. Remember, somebody else has bought a lot of this stuff before and maybe they you know, are done using it and you can, it's like cars that depreciate, in everything depreciates in value the moment you walk it out of the store and let somebody else wear that cost. Um, so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm my, one of my resolutions, well, I want to go camping more. So I want to go buy a thousand dollar tent, you know, hiking tent and all the best gear. And I'm like, no, Jess, no, um, I'm trying to find someone who has been on that journey and, and they didn't like camping and I will get all this <laughs> stuff for a third of the price. <laughs> so I think just, there'll be quite a few people that have that stuff for sale on marketplace Jess. <laughs> there is there is can confirm <laughs> wonderful well if people want to find more about you track down your books where should they head to so i'm on instagram um, as often as i can be these days at money with jess so if you find me on instagram at money with jess there's links in my bio to um, my website and also to my books. So my new book um, is The Money Diary and it's a, you know, a complete sort of year calendar. It's got a monthly overview calendar for each month of the year and then all my spending tracker pages, my monthly budget summary um, and also lots of prompts about setting intentions for each month and reflections. So it's a whole, it's a whole thing. And it's the diary that I'm using, you know, in, to organize my personal life. And you can start any month. If you start in February, that's fine. Um, you just circle back to January the, the, in the next year. Um, and yeah, that's my offering to the world. If you're really struggling with your money or you don't know where to start, or you just need somewhere to, to be more mindful about where the money is going, that, that's my book. That's the one I want people to get in their hands. Wonderful. I've had a good flick through and it definitely covers everything we've talked about today from goal setting to tracking your spending and even building habits. If you want to do the one squat a day, uh, you can do that as well. So Jess, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Happy New Year and uh, look forward to talking to you later in 2024. Thank you. I really enjoyed chatting. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast. We hope you learned something new and were able to take one thing away from this episode. If you're keen to learn more, head on over to Rask Education and take one of our free money and investing courses. You could even become a Rask Core member for less than your Netflix subscription each month. And don't forget to subscribe for new episodes in your inbox every week. Plus, if you enjoyed the show, we'd love you to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and send any questions our way via the link in the description. And before we go on, did this podcast contain personal financial advice just for me? Absolutely not, Kate. Our podcast actually contains general financial information only. What that means is the information does not take into account your financial needs, goals, objectives, or even your situation. So because of that, it's important that you consider if the information is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on it. If that all sounds a bit confusing or you're still working out what your needs are, it's a great idea to consult a licensed and trusted financial planner. And don't forget to do your own research. Are you thinking about starting your wealth creating journey, but not sure where to put your hard earned dollars? InvestSmart can help. InvestSmart offers a free quiz that makes it easy to find the right InvestSmart ETF portfolio 
to help you reach your goals. Just visit investsmart.com.au and hit get started. Answer a few simple questions about your goals and how much you want to invest and you'll get a tailored statement of advice with a portfolio recommendation. You can visit investsmart.com.au for a no obligations free statement of advice. This ad is brought to you by InvestSmart Advice, AFSL 334107. For more than a decade, I've been hunting for the best investors and their methods, strategies, and tools for investing. After years in the industry, countless books, a few degrees, and 1,000 podcasts and live shows, I've rolled this accumulated knowledge into something called Rask Invest. If you've ever heard me talk about a core and a satellite, active and passive, true long-term compounding, or you simply want to know exactly how I would invest, now is your chance. Rask Invest is our new investment service, designed for all types of investors who want professional management of their core portfolio at a low cost from a team they trust. Rask Invest helps you automate your wealth creation and passive income. Simply click the link that says Invest with Owen in your podcast player to join one of our live platform walkthroughs or book a call with us. You can also view the Rask Invest PDS and TMD and get invested with me.